We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is up? Thursday, March the 2nd, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a lot to get into here on this Thursday. I see Todd Smith, Brandon Ward, Gavin, Rhett, Stephen Borwell Jr., uh, Brandon Ward, Madison, Travi, Ethan, Austin, Gregory. What's up? Also, those that are in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, really excited to be chatting with you all here on this Thursday. We already jumped on Inside the Gamecocks. With JC, JB, and Phil. We got JC Sherbert on at 115. And in the meantime, we are taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. Also, of course, podcast dropped this morning, episode 746. A full breakdown of a massive weekend. Of course, the Yardcocks taking on Clem Sucks in the annual rivalry series. Women's basketball begins the SEC tournament tomorrow. We also talk a little Court Cox, Lamont Paris's team, as the Gamecocks, of course, fall to Mississippi State on Tuesday and take on Georgia in the season finale at CLA on Saturday. Again, also want to shout out Gamecock Women's Golf for getting the W. Really, really great stuff. Uh, I believe I forget the name of the girl that won, but an individual winner at the Darius Rucker Invitational down there in Hilton Head. So really great stuff, man. Softball's also rolling feels good to be good if you're wearing the garnet in black. I see Noah Johns, John Ever. What's up, Todd Smith? Beamer had a press conference, Todd Smith. Beamer had a press conference at 11.15. I think that is over, um, but he did have a presser just sort of previewing the start of spring practice. We'll get into some of his comments in just a second. Stephanie Lee, what's going on? Also, guys, let me tell you, of course, TDC brought to you by our friends, over at Price Picks, go down the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything with our friends over at Price Picks, college sports, pro sports. Of course, March Madness is here, and you want to be in, <clears throat> excuse me, on the action with our friends at Price Picks. Not just spreads, not just totals, not just futures, but all the different prop plays that you can get into. So, again, that's our friends at Price Picks. Go download the app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris 
from the Spurs Up show sent you. John Edward, I see your comments. And yeah, I think that's probably the biggest news from the press conference. Shane Beamer updating many things <clears throat> ahead of the start of spring ball. Uh, he, of course, updated the status of the three Gamecock football players that uh, have been suspended since, what was it? Was that in December, I think that happened? Or was that in early January? Actually, that was early January. My bad. That was January. That was January. I'm, I'm getting my dates mixed up. I'm getting my, getting my months mixed up here. Anyways, a couple months ago, Anthony Rose, Montague Rames, and Cameron Upshaw. Shane Beamer updating. They are still suspended. They are still not a part of the team. Beamer says he does not anticipate any of the three being back with the Gamecocks football team at any point in the near future. So I feel like that's saying without saying their time at the University of South Carolina, at least on the Gamecocks football team, is done. So it does indeed sound like, again, I don't want to draw conclusions necessarily because you never know. You never know. Maybe this works out. Maybe some maybe some good news comes out in the future. But as of right now, guys, I, I, I just, if you're a Gamecock fan, which of course you are if you're tuning to this show, I would not expect any of those three players to be suiting up anytime soon. I, I would be moving forward with the assumption that those three players are no longer a part of Gamecocks football. And, you know, it's a shame because I think we had we had high hopes for all three. I think we had high expectations for all three. But, uh, you know, Shane Beamer even mentioning that it's, it's out of his hands. It's a university issue now, and there's nothing that they can really do. There's nothing they can really do. So, you know, you wish them nothing but the best, and you hope it works out for them. And it's a shame because, again, they're kids, and, and it's a hard lesson to learn. But, uh it sounds like it's unfortunately one that they will indeed have to learn. It's a shame. Indeed, Trevor, it's a shame. But again, we're taking your questions, comments, calls, guys. It's game day eve. Yardcocks taking on Clem Stucks in a three-game series. Of course, tomorrow night, which good news on the weather front. Taking a look at the weather, and I posted the screenshot this morning, and I will take a look right now to give you the most up-to-date look at the weather. Uh, it is raining in Clem Stucks today, right? It's raining there today. Going to rain all day tomorrow as well. Going to rain all day tomorrow. Um, but taking a look at tomorrow and the hourly forecast, if I can get through the thousands of ads that weather.com puts you through. Yeah, going to rain all day today. You look at tomorrow. Uh, it's in the 70s to 80% chance all the way up until 6 o'clock. It's a 60% chance. And then 7 o'clock goes all the way down to a 20% chance. So hopefully what is able to happen, tarp that thing up, you know what's coming, preserve the field, and around 6.30, 7 o'clock or so tomorrow night, they can get the field ready, and maybe we have first pitch by 8 o'clock. So would not be surprised if it's a later than anticipated first pitch, but hey, game on, let's play it, let's do it. So I would expect there to be baseball tomorrow night. I know many of you have been asking about that with the weather, stuff like that, but I would expect there to... Uh, be baseball. I would expect there to be baseball. Travis says, I thought Anthony Rose was especially highly touted, and Rames wasn't Rames from Sumter. Travis, all three of those guys were, were pretty highly touted. Rose, for sure. Rose was going to be a guy that I think definitely played. I believe he played some in the bowl game, if I recall correctly. But, uh, yeah, Montague Rames, I believe, was from Sumter. But, you know, Travis, it's, again, it's a shame. It sucks. But, um, you know, it just, it just happens, man. 18-year-old kids, sometimes they they make bad decisions. And, uh you know, you got to pay the price. You got to pay the consequences. It is what it is. So, uh, anyway, some interesting quotes from this morning. Trey Knox especially says, we're going to go really fast and try to tire out defenses. So, I know that is music to our ears. We will see again, guys, 
it's peak talking season at this point in the month of March. We are so far from football. But either way, really excited that spring ball is uh, is just around the corner and uh, looking forward to looking forward to uh, everything getting going. Shane Beaver confirming that spring practice will start on Tuesday, March the 14th. Tuesday, March the 14th is when things will get going for South Carolina football. Shane Beamer confirming also he's going to be in Greenville. So if you're at Floor Field on Saturday, uh, Shane Beamer will be in attendance. Also said he's going to head to the women's basketball game after that to go support Dawn Staley and their squad. So uh, really exciting stuff. Going to be a fun weekend for Gamecock Nation. Gad, what's up, my friend? Appreciate you tuning in. Austin Gregory says, Rames was an excellent social media recruiter. We'll miss that part a lot. Also was expected to do big things. Yeah, I think Austin, I'm probably going to miss more so what he would have done on the field. I hear you on the social media side, but uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. We'll never see those guys, those guys suit up, but uh, you know, it applies here too. All we got is all we need. You got to move with the ones you got. Got to move ahead with the ones you got and just kind of keep it moving, if you will. Again, guys, we got J.C. Sherbert at 115. He will take up most of the second hour, so I highly suggest if you want to get in your questions, your comments, your calls, to do so now or in this first hour, if you will. Of course, the podcast that dropped this morning, the big focus, or the main focus, I should say, the main focus was, let's see, why? Mm, I'm trying to find something here. I, it looks like I don't. I no longer have. Do not disturb. On. That's really interesting. I wanted to make sure it wasn't on. So hopefully you guys can call in. I don't know. Maybe do. Maybe they just turned off. Do not disturb on a. Uh, on the app. I don't know. Anyways, guys. Uh, the big area of focus, of course. South Carolina, Clem sucks this weekend, and my pick is well-documented. I'm taking the Yardcocks to take two of three this weekend. And as expected, I've gotten some pushback. Chris, the Gamecocks are going to sweep. And let me make it very clear. South Carolina is more than capable of sweeping this Clem sucks team. More than capable. On paper, the Gamecocks probably should sweep. I mean, you look at the advantage. You go down the list. If you're checking off boxes, where do the Tigers have the advantage? Not on the bump. Not offensively. I wouldn't even say defensively. I, I, I can't name one area where Clem Sucks has a clear advantage. The reason I'm picking the Tigers to take a game, and I mentioned this yesterday, desperate teams can be dangerous teams. And I look at Clem Sucks right now. Losers of four in a row. Down and out. Their own fan base is already mailing in on the season. We're not even, we'll be lucky to win a game. You know this Clem Sucks ball club is going to give the Gamecocks their best shot. That goes without saying. I mean, this rivalry, throw away the records, guys. It's going to be three intense ball games. I think everyone should prepare themselves for that. But I, I think you will get the Tigers' best shot. I think Eric Backich... On the Clemson side, I think he's a really, really good coach. I, I gave them a lot of credit for hiring him, pulling him from Michigan, if you will. Obviously, he's got ties to Clemson, but that, I thought that was a great hire. I think he's going to do great things there. So I think even with the roster they have, they lack star power, right, on the bump and swinging the stick. Got a couple nice offensive pieces, but as a whole, they really lack that star power that I think the Gamecocks possess. But it would not surprise me 
to see the Tigers take a game. Which game? I don't know. I think it's a bold pick, right? Because which starting pitcher do you pick against? Which Gamecock starter do you pick to lose? But again, a desperate team is a dangerous team. And when the pressure mounts and the pressure picks up, sometimes things that have not happened to this point or things that are out of the ordinary, they become the ordinary. Lead-off walks, two-out walks, you know, you get real tight and you make an error, you you know, you don't get those timely hits, and before you know it, all it takes is one guy to get hot, one guy to shove, and they're able to steal a game. So I think South Carolina is more than capable of, of sweeping this series, no doubt. It would not surprise me at all. Admittedly, I'm going a little bit conservative because of the com- competitiveness of the rivalry. I'm taking the Tigers to take a game, but I do think the Gamecocks take two of three. I do think they take two of three. <clears throat> so... That is my pick. Again, I've gotten a lot of pushback. Get the brooms out and trust me, guys. We're doing live streams for all three games. South Carolina wins those first two. And I'll tell you this. South Carolina wins those first two. They're winning Sunday. There's just no way Clem sucks is coming into the Founders Park and winning. I mean, absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way. So, you win those first two, I I think you've got the series sweep. I really do. And uh, we'll have the broom in studio. If that happens, we'll have the broom in studio. For sure. No doubt. No doubt. But uh, it just, it would not surprise me, man. I mean, Gamecocks are nine. It just, it almost feels too easy. Like, the pick feels too easy. You know what I mean? Like, to just say, because this is a game that's not played on paper. You know, baseball is, baseball, you have to expect the unexpected. And so nobody's expecting Clem Sucks to compete, to win a game, to, to do anything. It just would not surprise me to see them steal one. And uh, for South Carolina, you know, maybe leaving runners in scoring position. Maybe it it shows itself and it hurts you. Or maybe one of your starters has an off day. Or, you know, some of your bullpen guys are out of the ordinary and, and, and you know, they're fi- having trouble finding the zone and, and can't, you know, aren't as efficient and as sharp as what they've done. I, I'm not saying, you know, obviously I want to see the sweep, but I, it would not surprise me if that happened. Baseball is a crazy game, guys. I know many of you that love it, that follow it, that watch it. We, we all know that. We all know it's a crazy game. So, anyways, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. <clears throat> Let's see. Again, Shane Beamer updating the status of the three players that are suspended, and it does not sound – it does not sound good. It does not sound good. Let's just put it at that. He says, still not a part of our team, still suspended. This is a direct quote. Still not part of our team, still suspended. That's a university issue as well. None of the three are currently with us and don't anticipate any of them being back with us at any point in the near future. So, I, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I, would, not, uh, I would not hold your breath in regards to those three guys being a part of your football team. So, anyways, love to hear you guys' thoughts. 843 Jacob E., does Evan Stone get the start at center this weekend? At the moment, he's nearly a guaranteed out at the dish. Um, I think that'll be interesting, Jacob. Do they go with Tippett? Do they go with Stone? Do they go with Brewer? Do they go with Brewer? Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I'm not, you know, I'll just say this. I, you know, Mark Kingston made the point early in the season. Um, he made the point 
you know, before the season started, that Evan Stone, hey, listen, he, he he's a guy like George Khalil, guys. Evan Stone is just this team's George Khalil. He might play a different position, but he's just this team's George Khalil. He's in there for defense, and any hitting he gives this team is a plus. I don't think that's a means of operation, though. When George Khalil was the shortstop, you had nobody else. You had nobody else that could play that position as effectively as he could. That's not the case with Evan Stone in the outfield. Uh, Will Tippett can, can man the outfield. Will Tippett can play outfield. Me, personally, I'm rolling with Tippett and a young guy with upside versus Evan Stone, who, again, guys, I mean, I, I heard in the preseason he didn't get a hit. So, you know, your defense is great. We love the defense. He's made some great plays early on. I'm not saying Evan Stone shouldn't get opportunities or, or get another shot out there, but it, it's just you need a guy that's not a consistent out. Like, I just – that's not – you know what I mean? It, it, it's you, – you put a value on offense. You put a value on offense – I just don't think you should be operating as, you know, oh, it's fine just having an automatic out in the nine hole. So we'll see how they play it. Ethan says, need a consistent leadoff hitter. I think Petri needs to be moved up in the lineup to clean up her fifth. The way he's been swinging it. Yeah, Ethan, Mark Kingston spoke on that and just say, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to move the freshman up too quick. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't want to move him up too fast, too quick, if you will. But certainly you're, you're going to find Petri very, I, I would not be surprised with this weekend. Finding Petri in the five hole, six hole, like you mentioned. So, yeah, he, he's been he's been incredible early on. Been absolutely incredible. <clears throat> Austin Gregory says, not sure what others took from it, but in Shane Beamer's pressure, I felt as though he was a fan of shortening the game when asked. I was curious to hear a coach's perspective. Still not a fan of it. You know, I I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think Beamer. Yeah, it definitely sounded like he was a fan of it, shortening the game. Um. I mean, I, I think there are ways, I, you know, I, I wonder if he'd be a fan of like every single rule change that they proposed. But am I a fan of being more efficient with our time in regards to the length of the games? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's fine with me. You know, there, there's definitely some unnecessary stoppages in gameplay. There, there's definitely some unnecessary stoppages in gameplay. Now, some of the rule changes are absurd. Starting the clock after an incompletion, first down, like leave that alone. You know, but th there's some dead time in the game that I think they could certainly cut out. Babes and waves. Yeah, the Beamer presser was at 11.15. So, it is over. It is over. So, if you missed it, though, we, we posted a bunch of quotes on social media. We'll be, we'll be posting a bunch of stuff on social media from the presser. But, uh, yeah. So, the big news, babes and waves, again, coming in the, in the status of the three Suspended players, <clears throat> Montague Rames, Cameron Upshaw, and Anthony Rose. I would not expect those guys back at any point. Shane Beamer saying this, by the way, quote, by no means have we arrived. The challenge for us is going from six regular season wins to eight regular season wins. And now the challenge, and it's a big challenge, is to take that next step. And it's continuing to do the things, to take the things we've done really, really well, do them better than we've done, and continue in every area to not get complacent and move forward players, coaches, and staff. Love that. Love that. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Just looking through some of these quotes. Yeah, let's see. So on proposed rule changes, shortening games, he said, quote, I'm all for what continues to make williams Bryce Stadium such an unbelievable fan experience on a Saturday. 
because it's already elite. We don't want to lose that. <clears throat> we want to continue to make that the case. If that means these games are getting too long, I'm up for looking at ways to adjust it. There was a study done, and frankly, our games are a lot longer than NFL games, time, length, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways. What do you guys think? Are you just like completely like, make the game six hours. I want to just watch football all day. <clears throat> yeah, babes and waves. It's definitely unfortunate that uh, those guys, it sounds like their careers are probably over, but, uh, you know, it just is what it is. You, you know, you uh, you live and you learn. It's unfortunate. I mean, I hate it for them for sure. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Guys, 843-790-3377. 843-790-3377. Again, phone lines are wide open. Would love to hear from you. Phone lines are wide open. Women's basketball gets rolling tomorrow. How about the fight yesterday in the SEC tournament? My God. Crazy, dude. Crazy. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the do not disturb. The do not disturb option has gone away, which is interesting. Very interesting. Anyways. Guys, by the way, you might recall, <clears throat> you might recall yesterday, babes and waves, I did not post a clip of the fight, but I think SEC Network did. Uh, yesterday, you know, you might recall, I was looking for my preseason predictions, my, my record prediction for men's basketball. I, I Thinking back, I was like, I think I didn't post a prediction graphic because it was during football season, but still, that makes no sense. I don't know why I wouldn't have done that. Either way, went back, listened to the show and because it was a point of emphasis yesterday, I'll tell you. Uh, I picked 17 and 14, 6 and 12 for the men's team. 17 and 14, 6 and 12. So I was way off in the non-conference as we sit here with 10 wins. I was way off, right? 6 and 12 in SEC play. We have a chance to get our four. So if we, if we beat Georgia, if we beat Georgia, I wasn't too, too far off. I was definitely a little more optimistic, though, than I probably should have been. We'll put it that way. <clears throat> Coleman Hall, here we go. He says, just saw the fast comments. Dowell Loggins now feels even more Roper-esque. Oof, oof, that is a, that's a comment right there. Coleman Hall also says, all about speed, but man, I hope we don't get all those quick three and outs as we did with Muschamp and Roper. I mean, I you know, I I, I feel like... You know what's funny, Coleman? I, I just feel like every offseason, to a degree, you you hear the same quotes over and over and over again. It's like the same quotes get recycled. Like, there's certain things that just play well when it comes to when it comes to dealing with media and quotes, if you will, and there's just certain football-isms and things you say. I feel like I've heard us, one of our offensive guys, say, like, we're going to play fast every year. I feel like I hear that every year. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like a player going into spring training saying, I'm in the, the best shape of my life. It's best shape of my life season. You know what I mean? It's like every year. <clears throat> I, I don't know. So, you know, Trey Knox saying that we're going to play fast. We're going to tire out defenses. I mean, you know, do I think we're going to be Oregon? No, I, I don't think so. 
I don't think so. And and certainly, again, what you're bringing up, Coleman, you would you would think, no doubt, that Shane Beamer, he's not going to allow – like, we're not just going to be running out there going three and out in two seconds and then, you know, trotting off the field. I, I, I think Shane Beamer – I would like to think Shane Beamer has much, much more of a grasp on it than that. Just put it that way. Just put it that way. So, uh, let's see. Gamecocks are – Gamecocks are at shoot-around right now in Greenville. Gamecocks are at shoot-around. Love it. Let's see. <clears throat> Coleman. Uh, uh, no, here you go. Babes and Waves, I saw your post of the fight with the old heads. <clears throat> at the South Carolina-Bama game. That was entertaining. Dude, you want to know how entertaining entertaining it was? Hold on one second. It was just crazy. It's crazy that, like, people, people want to see fights and stuff like that. Dude, that content, 210,000 views on TikTok. 210,000. 210,000. Crazy, bro. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Why do people love seeing that stuff? Why does that move the needle? I'm curious. Like, why? Why does that move the needle, you know? I don't know. Weird. Anyways, uh, let's see. Coleman's bringing the heat today. I love it. Red flags galore with Dowell. Boy, God, we're, we're, you're, you're about to summon Luke RJ, I think, with some of these comments. Red flags galore with Dowell. Unless we can push the ball down the field, actually drive it, and not just little lob wedge chips, there's no reason to, quote-unquote, go fast and all that jazz. He also says, given Beamer's allowance for stupidity with Sat, I don't think Shane will hold the reins on Dowell. Whether it's a lack of knowledge or being too trustworthy with his OC guys, <clears throat> Shane's teams have put out crap offensive product in terms of schemes and stats. How about it? Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's up, man? Uh, so... <laughs> What does Brad Crawford have a thing about South Carolina? I mean, why do you uh, why, why do you project us going to Minnesota playing playing the ball? Uh, I mean, so you said why does Brad Crawford have a what against South Carolina? Yeah, like or yeah, I, I should have said it that way. Sorry about that. I mean, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think Brad has anything against South Carolina. I mean, I think that. You know, in that bowl, I think he would have been picking us to go eight and four, probably an eight-win team. So, I mean, listen, it's – dude, it's way too early predictions. Brad makes projections. He's in the content business. He's in the college football business. And right now, the only college the only college football content, my guy, is way too early content. I, I, I always get a laugh out of the people that get so butthurt over the way too early stuff. And they're like, why are you doing this? Why? No, it's like, yeah. would you rather people that cover college football just go radio silent from January to July? You really don't want that. 
right? Like if you're only talking college football, I mean, there's only so many things in this time of year to discuss. There's only so many things, right? I mean, listen, you might think that a guy on the Gamecocks football team changing his numbers, a big storyline, but I'm here to tell you outside of the diehards of the diehards, it's not, it's not. So when a guy like Brad Crawford is covering college football nationally, Hey, preseason bowl projections, that's something that's notable. That's something that moves the needle. And it's proven true by the people who lose their collective shit across social media. So I will say this, Brad, oh, yeah. Brad Crawford, Brad Crawford, Hunter, in case you didn't know, Brad Crawford is a Gamecock by trade. Brad Crawford's a Gamecock. No, he, he covers college football nationally, but Brad Crawford, I, I know Brad very well, friend of mine, father's a diehard Gamecock, but Brad, like myself, but Brad even more so, because he's covering college football nationally, you know, he he doesn't wear garnet glasses. It's far from it. He takes all of the fandom out, right? He takes all of it out because right, right. how foolish and how silly and how how ridiculous would it be if he was covering college football nationally with a Gamecock slant and a Gamecocks bias. So he picked South Carolina to go to the what the Relia Quest Bowl, which in turn would be the Outback Bowl. That's what it is, right? It's the old Outback Bowl, which right. I mean would mean we're an eight or maybe even a nine-win team. So you tell me if that's unfair projections. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, it just seems like a lot of people on mostly Facebook, like you said, they, they like to lose their shit all the time. So I, I think They do. And here's yeah. another here's another newsflash, Hunter. Nobody's going to be picking South Carolina to win the SEC East. Nobody's going to be picking no. the Gamecocks yeah. to go to the playoff. Nobody's going to be picking the Gamecocks to win 10 games nobody is going to be doing it. So if you, go, if you attack it with that attitude all offseason, I'm here to tell you, my friend, you're going to be very upset. Hey, guess what? Guess what? When the SEC Media Day stuff happens, guess who's going to get picked to finish second in the East? Probably not South Carolina. I bet you it's going to be Tennessee. No. I, I'd, be, I'd be willing to bet money on it that it's going to be Tennessee. So go ahead, go ahead and get ready. Go ahead and get ready to be butthurt because it's going to happen. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, yeah, without doubt. Sure. I'm here. Yes, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm oh, okay, here. okay. Sorry about that. You, you got a little fly. I thought it was my service. No, um. So about what? Uh, that, I guess like what Shane Beamer said was that they, the offense should be uh, a little bit more tempo. You know, a little bit fast, a little bit faster. Uh, so that's going to be the same thing that happened with the. That's basically what that is with the when we played Tennessee last year. You would hope so. I mean, I, I think they're going to take a lot from those last two games and try to copy-paste. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, right? It, it worked out yeah, really well. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, and maybe it's blasphemous because, you know, these quotes and these comments at this time of year and over the summer and the preseason, I mean, you know, talking season's a huge part of content, right? And I do it and whatever. But but I've just – I've really right. learned to take all these comments with a grain of salt because, man – Everything Marcus Satterfield said was gold, too. And last year he was saying, we didn't bring in Spencer Rattler true, yeah. to hand the football off. We're, we're going to throw it and we're going to do this. And, we're, and bro, we were trash. I mean, I, I just – you know what I mean? I, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're going to play fast. We're going to do – that. like, it all sounds good and that's great and it's what you should be saying. And it, trust me, it excites me. It excites me, but, I mean, I need to see it on the field. Kurt Roper sounded great at the yeah. press conference. Marcus Satterfield said yeah. some good things. Like – like, you know, right, right. So, I mean, you know, you like to hear what Trey Knox said, but I, I would say this. I thought I thought something that was interesting Shane Beaver said is that, you know, 
some people may think they're just going to completely ditch what they did last year. We're not even we're not even going to remotely do anything we did a season ago. No, he actually said like we're going to pull things we did from last year. Like we're going to do things we did last year. Now we're going to add some new things. Yep. There's going to be new verbiage. Where you know, Dabble Loggins is going to insert his own stuff. But you know, we're going to take some things from last year. And, and granted, I get it. Right, take what you did in the Tennessee game. Take what you did in the Clem Sucks game. There were some positives we had last year, but um, you know, I, I, I mentioned this when Dabble Loggins. I mentioned this when he was hired. You know, it's not like we're going from the spread to the triple option. I don't think we're reinventing right. the wheel here. You know what I mean? Like Marcus Satterfield's biggest downfall was just, I think he was a terrible play caller and could not utilize the the talent that he had on the offensive side. And when it got in the game and you had to yeah, get I off mean, you, when you had to get off script like, and adjust to the game, the flow like of the, the game. Way, uh, Mark, Marcus Satterfield did uh he you know, say for instance at like third third and fourth, right? And you you know, Spencer's doing really well at the Georgia game and he, he was throwing the ball uh, pretty good. And then he brings in carry on Joyner at third and four when, you know, he was throwing pretty good balls. Uh, why would you bring carry on Joyner at third and four? Like, I get why you want to punt him, especially at the Georgia game. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that Georgia game, that, that was one of the uh, – probably the worst play calls of the season. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That was absurd. Yeah. That was absurd for sure. That was absurd for sure. But I mean, you know, I again though to my point, like I, I don't think we're going to reinvent the offense. I, I think we're still going to be pretty similar in regards to scheme and all of that. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, the, the hope is that Dowell Loggins, <clears throat> while he'll inject some things, you know, the 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 play calling is going to be much better. The the feel for the game is going to be much better, and that's just the hope. Because again, with Dowell Loggins, the harsh reality is this: we don't have any proof that it's going to work. I mean, we all hope it will, and obviously I'm not going in the season saying guilty to proven innocent, but it's going to be a very all interesting right. storyline because there is no guarantee that our offense is going to be elite. There is no guarantee, none at all, and I hate to approach it that way, but yeah. you know, your, resu- yeah. your resume is your resume at some point, man. It, it just is. So, yeah, it shows. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm hopeful for sure, and I think uh, there's no excuse, uh, and there will be no grace period. You know, people will expect that offense to click from the jump, when they, you know, when you got Spencer Rattler and Juice back, people are going to expect that offense to click immediately. So we're going to find out real quick what Dabble Loggins has got. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, uh, that, that's all I needed, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it, Hunter. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, man, great stuff. Great stuff from our friend Hunter Kelly. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Here on this, here on this. Thursday, March the 2nd, 2023. Again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Really, really excited to be chatting with you all. Uh, uh, let's see. <clears throat> Jesse Jacobs. Chris, when he gets around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's whatever. Uh, but sometimes I get on a roll, and I feel like I'm making a point, and then it's like, damn, dude, let me finish. Coleman Hall, our OC change is analogous to going from a ham and Swiss sandwich to a ham and pepper jack sandwich. <laughs> Coleman, you're making me hungry, dog. Chill. You're making me hungry. No, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, Let's see. Coleman Hall resume and comments lead me to believe it'll be a combo of Sat and Roper. Hopefully, it works. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see, Coleman. I, you know, I, I'd like to think I'll say this because I, I know that I know that coaches get a lot of they get way too much credit, way too much blame as well. 
So I'm hoping as we continue to upgrade talent that maybe the OC chatter will become less of a focal point. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm truly hoping, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we, we can talk about certain offensive coordinators and this guy's great, this guy's average, this guy sucks. But like at the end of the day, if you got great players, like, like Mike Bobo, for example. I mean, I, I know we love to pull the jokes. All my homies hate Mike Bobo. He's trash. He's this, he's that, he's whatever. But I bet you he'll have success at Georgia. <laughs> I bet you he will. I bet you he will. So, Coleman, on that note, though, he says, I hope I'm wrong. Hope Dowell does great. Hope we've got the best offense you've ever had. Coleman, on that note, with your skepticism with Dowell Loggins, which, again, I'm not saying are unfair. I think they're actually very fair. What is your – where are you falling record-wise? Where are you falling record Because if the offense is not good, let me put it to you this way. If you want to know a path to 6-6 six and six for South Carolina football this year, if the offense is not good, again, this team will go 6-6. Six and six. Because the defense, I think, guys, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I, I think the defense, and I could be dead wrong, but I, I think the defense is going to take a step back. I, I do. And I'm not saying a major step back, but I think this defense is, is going to be, it's not going to be an elite dominant defense. Like I, I think we have real issues stopping the run. We've got a new look secondary, and I, and I know you got some nice pieces in Eamon Worry and DQ Smith and, and Marcellus Dial, but guys, anytime you lose a, a, a duo like a, a Darius Rush and a Cam Smith, I, I think you're going to feel <clears> – I think you're going to feel the effects of that. I do. I think you're going to feel the effects of that. So, um, you know, I think you're going to need to score to win. I think you're going to need to score to win. I, I, I really do. Um, so if the offense gets off to a sluggish start, I mean, listen, I could definitely see you losing to UNC, losing to Georgia. I could see you losing to Mississippi State. I could definitely see you losing to Tennessee. I mean, you could realistically start one and four. You could, if the, if the offense is not there. Will Core, believe it or not, the run defense, I think, actually could get worse. Believe it or not, I think it could. And I'm not sitting here trying to be, do- find some joys. Like, I'm not trying to find, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here, but, um, you know, I think there's real questions on the defensive side, man. I, I really do. I think there are. Coleman says, if we can average 35-plus without insane standard deviation, we could go 10-2. and two. Yeah. I mean, the offense has just got to click, in my opinion. The offense has to click. Has to click. So. And it should click. And, and it, I mean, it should. It absolutely should. Uh, the the heat will be – I mean, you know what? You, you know what's crazy, guys? <laughs> How many of us recall um, – How many of us recall the week after or the week of the or the week after the Florida blowout? People were questioning Beamer and this, that, whatever with the program and, and all that. <sighs> wow. How much things can change? Just two games. Two games can change the entire narrative. Two games can change the entire narrative. Truly, truly. Coleman says, Dowell's resume is a suspect at best. I'm not relitigating that with anyone. I mean, that, that, Coleman, you, you, there's, there's, there's no denying that. There's not even a debate. I mean, there's, it's just not even a debate. But on the flip side, Coleman, I tell you this, let Loggins cook, my friend. How dare you question King Dowell? 
How dare you question King Dowell, my guy? How dare you? Chase Floyd, what's up, my guy? Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you. Again, guys, do not forget, we will be live for all three games this weekend. Gamecocks taking on <clears throat> the Sucks Tigers on the diamond. First pitch slated for 6 o'clock tomorrow night, 1 o'clock on Saturday, 1.30 on Sunday. Of course, tomorrow night may be delayed. So if it is, we'll go live whenever first pitch happens. Uh, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first break. The show is flying by today. Going to jump in our first break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see Jeremy Wardell versus Coleman Hall, the greatest rivalry in the Facebook comments. Jeremy Wardell says, why did he keep getting hired? Coleman, have you ever heard of falling upward? Jeremy Wardell, hard to win on bad teams. So I feel like he did some things right. I think it's stupid to say he's a bad coordinator on those teams. If he would have lost on the Patriots, Brady, I'd agree with you. It just will never end. It'll never end. I, I'll just say this. Does Dowell Loggins' previous previous experience... Look, let me start that over. Does Dowell Loggins' previous experience... Does it... Does it mean he's going to be a bad OC at South Carolina? No, it does not. Does it make me feel more confident he's going to be a good one, though? Not necessarily. So it's literally just a wait and see. We have no idea. Let's jump to the phone lines. Awesome. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. First things first, so I get this out of the way, mm-hmm. okay? Today is Marion R's birthday. So happy birthday to Marion R 26. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Marion R 26, indeed. Happy birthday, Marion R 26. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, I I thought about this for a long while yesterday, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I know I originally picked this to sweep. I'm tempted to just do this. Just we'll win two out of three. We'll definitely win tomorrow. I think we'll win tomorrow. Lose on Saturday and take care of business in COLA. That's fair. Because like you said, they're licking their wounds and they're desperate, right? They're desperate. At this point, they'll do whatever it takes to win, okay? But I don't see see us losing in COLA on Sunday. I could see us losing Saturday. But I, def- I definitely don't see us losing Friday with who we got pitching Friday. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll say this. I, I, and I and I, I know I've caught a lot of backlash, or not backlash, but just some pushback today for not picking the sweep. And, and I want to, again, I want to make it very clear. I, I, without a doubt, could see could see us getting the sweep. I mean, there's just no question. I, I think that mm-hmm. – uh, you know, it's it's very feasible to think that uh, all three of our starting pitchers are going to give us great performances. Our bullpen is deep. It's it's um, mm-hmm. you know 
as solid as it's been in quite Probably some time. It's been in a while. Yeah, as, as it's been in quite a while. And I, and I think offensively, you know, you, you saw UCF beat up on their pitching staff. So, again, I say all that to say I think we're more than capable of getting the sweep. But I think the reason I went two mm-hmm. of three is just, again, the, the whole rivalry series aspect. And Clemson, again, will, that Clemson sucks. We'll be desperate. They'll be fighting tooth and nail. And, um, you know, so it wouldn't shock me if they stole a game. Will I enter any of the three games expecting South Carolina to lose? No. I, I think the Gamecocks are better. I think the Gamecocks mm-hmm. should probably sweep, to be honest with you. So, mm-hmm. um, right. I'd love to be wrong in that aspect, and, and we get the job done, get it done. But it just – I don't know, man. It just would not shock me. There's something in my gut that tells me that, you know, this is going to be a much more competitive series than, right. than uh, you know, than, than we're giving it credit to right now. I mean, and like you've said all week, this is probably one of the best rivalries college it, it probably is the best rivalry in college baseball okay there is storied history with of, of, with both of these programs right of course south carolina has had the better success but there's still a lot of great success that that team in the upstate has had but not to the significance of south carolina Yeah. I mean, we won back-to-back national titles in 2010 and 2011. Yeah. We shut down down Rosenblatt and opened up the new one. I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for sure, man. I think think it is certainly one of the best rivalries in college baseball, and I think this weekend it will show why yet again. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's a a lot of motivating factors for the Gamecocks this weekend, no doubt. If you need, if you if you're a college baseball fan and you're a Gamecock or a Clemson fan, okay, and you need motivation to get fired up for this weekend, you don't have a pulse, okay. Anytime you're playing against your rival in any sport, it's serious, mm-hmm. okay. No matter if it's freaking croquet, badminton, I don't give a hoot, okay. Whenever you're playing your rival, it matters. That's a fact. And it's definitely going to matter this weekend. It, that's a fact. Because it's, it's the two best baseball teams in the state going at it, okay? The two best, baseball te- the two best college baseball teams in the state are going at it this weekend, and someone's got to win and someone's got to lose. I'm just hoping that we're on the winning side and not the losing side this weekend. Yeah, Robbie, the only the only what the only place I disagree with you, I, I don't think Clemson's the best. This I don't think Clemson sucks is the second best team in the state this year. I I mean they just just lost to USC upstate. I, I think uh Coastal probably oh, yeah, beat that's them. Right. I forgot College of Charleston yeah. might beat them. I, you know, so yeah. I, I think there's a I think the Citadel could maybe take on Clemson. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot UCF beat them. I forgot about that. USC upstate, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you uh, yeah. I forgot that they got beat this uh, this past weekend. But anywho, it'll be a great weekend either way. I mean, you get to watch some great baseball. It's going to be interesting. And then uh, Friday, tomorrow, we'll, uh, the girls are playing in the uh, quarterfinals for the uh, conference tournament. So, 
it could be a great day to be a Gamecock tomorrow. I think it will, my friend. I think it will. But uh, I got, I got, I got, I got the girls winning. By the way, I'm so confident. I'm not even going to give you the score, okay? But I'm telling you, we're going to win. We're going to take care of the girls. We're going to take care of business and hoist the trophy at the end of the at the end of the tournament. They're going to take care of business. They're they're on, they're on a mission, okay? They're going to take care of business. But I'm so confident. I'm not, I'm not even going to give you the score, okay? Not even gonna. And if Dale's listening, okay, if he's just curious, I had pizza rolls for lunch, okay? If he's just curious, I had pizza rolls for lunch. I cooked them in the microwave and put hot sauce on them in case he's wondering. Robbie, did you you hear the end of the show yesterday when, when, when Big Dick Dale called him? Yes, I did. You did. He had some words about you. Yes, I did. Huh? He had some words about you. Did you not hear that? Oh, I heard it. I heard every bit of it. I couldn't really understand him. And I told Rod when he got home, I said, it sounded like he had either a giant pitch of grizzly wintergreen or a giant pitch of skull mint in his mouth. So I couldn't really understand anything. I, I, I cannot confirm or deny uh, that 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 accusation. <laughs> but hey, I am not the Zaxby's Sauce champion. I am the Zaxby's Hall of Famer. That is what I am. Indeed, you are, Robbie. Indeed, you are. Indeed, you are. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, and uh, I think uh, that uh, that uh, I think I think I think Will Sanders will have a gr- a great game tomorrow for sure. Yeah, Mark Kingston actually speaking to the media right now said that uh, Sanders is ready to go deep in the game Friday if he's able to from a pitch count standpoint, and that he's in midseason form. So yeah, we I, I would expect Will Sanders well, to be to be at his best. That's a great sign. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. And my predictions for this weekend, I'll go ahead and do this and get off of here. My predictions for the weekend, we will win six to four tomorrow. Four to three, four to three Clemson Saturday. And then Sunday we close the door and beat the bricks off of Clemson. I think we'll win seven to four on Sunday. Okay. I got it documented. Six, four, four, three, seven, four with Clemson getting game two. All right. Sounds good. Well, Robbie, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm sure I'll hear from you tomorrow. Going to be a fun weekend for sure, man. A lot, lot lot of excitement. For sure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Go Gamecocks, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Take care. You too, buddy. All right, man. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. Austin Greer says he gives a different prediction every day. (laughs) Pizza rolls with hot sauce. I'm, I'm, I'm good on that, man. I'm good on that. 
Um, anyways, guys, phone lines continue to be open, 843-790-337. So we will take one more break before JC joins us at 115. That'll happen about 110 or so. Just to give you guys give you guys an update, give you guys an idea. Let me hold on one second. I forgot to close the door when I came in here. Messes with the lighting, as I'm sure you can probably now tell. Messes with the lighting when you don't have the door shut. There we go. Okay. Um, anyways, guys, would love to continue to hear from you. A really exciting weekend upcoming, no doubt. Gamecocks taking on Clem Sucks and the Diamond. Coleman says, Chris, regarding football, what are your honest expectations for the offense this year? Well, Coleman, I think it's tough to make right now because I think we are going to add. I don't think we're done in the portal. I just say that. I don't, I don't think we're done in the portal by any means. Uh, I think Shane Beamer and company will want to add a running back, maybe another receiver, maybe somebody else for the O-line. So I don't think we're done. But if we're going off of right now, that's a great question. What are my expectations for the offense? I'll, I'll put it this way. You take a game like the Missouri game. I'm not even going to mention Florida because that, that was just an abysmal, the worst possible performance ever. A game like Mizzou, where the offense was stagnant. I mean, stagnant being pretty kind. Will it be that porous? No. Right? For 10 games, this offense wasn't good. For the most part, wasn't good. And then we saw it in the final two regular season games. Offensive explosion. Is it going to be that good? No. I I think it's unrealistic to think the Gamecocks are going to be that good offensively. The truth will lie somewhere in the middle. I think we'll average around 30 points per game, right? Maybe maybe we'll hit 30. Maybe we'll hit 30. You need to be at that 30-point-per-game mark. So, (laughs) Austin Greer, you expect to add more players and won't give any expectations, but expect us to play a real game against the FCS school in three weeks. Well, Austin, it would be an exhibition for one. I think you're I don't know if you're like misunderstanding, like it would not count. But it would it would it would be a real game, but it would be an exhibition. And I just gave you some expectations. So and also, I mean, Austin, a lot of people are gonna add more players. I mean, Nicholas Harbor's not gonna get here till the summer. So I mean I, I still like I don't think you've even, I, I don't really think you've posed any good argument as to why like a scrimmage like that or an exhibition wouldn't be fun. Like I I don't I don't think you've posed any real argument as to why it would be a bad idea. Any at all. I don't think it's gonna happen to your point. Like I don't think we're ever going to see that, but I think it'd be fun. But, again, spring games aren't about fun. They're about figuring out your team and and running through drills. And I I get it. I get it. You know, it's all good. It's fine. I'm not saying spring games are broken and need to be fixed. But that'd be cool. Even if it was an exhibition of, like, the young guys. Because Spencer Rattler probably wouldn't play. Like, your starters probably wouldn't play. They don't play in the spring game anyways. I'd love to watch our, our twos and our threes go up against Austin Greer. It's not safe. My boy, football is not safe. My guy, football is not safe. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, driving a car is not safe. 
Like, like you, you don't, but you don't play football because it's safe. It ain't safe. It's never safe. Practice isn't safe. But hey, to your point, if you want to do the seven on seven thing, I think that'd be cool. A seven on seven competition, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Well, Austin, again, it would be replacing the spring game after fifteen after fifteen practices. Call so, from John Edward. Here we go. John Edward, what's up, man? How are you? Good, how are you, bro? I'm doing great, man. What's up? Uh, no, I was going to give my. Uh, I've been actually thinking about it all week. The series against Clemson this weekend, mm-hmm. and this is what I've got. And I just got them. My copying paper is just what I've been. What I thought of all week. So I've also got us taking two or three, but in this order: win tomorrow in Clemson, losing Greenville Saturday, and then you, like Robbie said, you. Take you close the series out with a win in Columbia on Sunday. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's just I think. That's fair. I, I still I think I don't know why I think that, but I think you get both wins at the team sites if that makes sense, and you lose the neutral site game. And his like, you know, I don't think you said which starting pitcher you're picking us to lose out of Sanders, Paul, and Mahoney. This is what I think if you lose the game on Saturday in Greenville, which would be Noah Hall's turn, I don't think he would necessarily get the loss on his stat line. Mm-hmm. It would be for somebody else. Like, Noah Hall could pitch good, but then you give up a couple runs or whatever and you lose the game that way, but he wouldn't give them up himself. Maybe I'm wrong, but. No, I, I think, just, I think know, that's. Noah I, Hall could start the game. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Right. I think it is. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think any of the stars are going to lose, quote, lose this weekend. But, you know, you could lose a game when Noah Hall starts, but he's not the one who loses the game. So, but I get what you're coming from. I just, you know, mm-hmm. he, he probably won't get the loss if, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. no, I, 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 I think no, you get all three of guys. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all three are going to pitch pretty good. I mean, They've done nothing up till two weekends into the season to prove us wrong, but like, do we know who the closer is, or do we still working on that? I mean, I think right now Chris Veach has made a very strong case to be the guy. Isn't he the one who came from PC Presbyterian? Yes, yes. had two saves. Okay, last yeah, weekend. that's the one. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I knew. I knew he came in. It's just. When you're when you're keeping up with the game like I am on the stat, you know, on the on the Gamecock website, keeping up with it that way, you know, it's, you gotta really pay attention to see who's coming in and I gotta figure out all that this weekend, how we're gonna keep up with all three games with everything going on this weekend for me, you know, with the ball I'm keeping up with, but Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah, I gotta be a freaking busy weekend. <laughs> you know, all I'm keeping up with and these conferences wrapping up this weekend, and yeah, that's you, what I'm going to do when I get home you, today. You, you watch, you watch all the sports, my guy. You you watch it all. You're not just a game <laughs> guy. You watch. It seems like you watch it all. You uh, yeah. You used to be dude. Uh, I don't want to get through a long whole thing, but it's when I saw watching the NCAA tournament. You know, when the before well, actually before the conference before the tournament started, the conference tournament. I only used to like print out like I fell it out as it goes. I only used to print out the uh, Power Five ones, mm-hmm. like the SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve and Ten, and the Pac Twelve. But if we can get a couple of the Pac Twelve, but whatever, still Power Five 
conference. Um, I usually only do those five. But now it's like I just like I like printing them all out and like see because I like to see what small schools are getting getting in, right? Just just me personally. I got. Because I mean the big ones, the big schools, you know who's getting in and all that. But you like to see what are the smaller, you know. For me, I like to see what smaller schools are getting in, and who knows we might, you know, I think well, I don't know something. Nothing's on the outside currently. So it was Paul to Charleston, which I think. Called, Having calls at Charleston on the outside right now is like a bunch of BS. Can't play the call playing this call at Charleston for having for playing North Carolina and Virginia Tech who are having down years. You can't punish them for that. Right. In my opinion. But anyway. Yeah. I was yeah, uh, I'm gonna get out of here, dude, but I wanna give you my prediction for the series this weekend. John Everett, I do appreciate it, my friend. Looking forward to a fun weekend, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too, dude, with baseball and the women. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Lots going on. Let me hey, one more thing. One more yeah, thing. Yeah. I just remember. So you're saying we're playing the winner of Arkansas, Missouri, and like you're gonna have to play Arkansas or Missouri either way, right? And you know, with all the the what bad history, the bad blood between us and Missouri, I'm not gonna say it. I wouldn't mind playing Missouri tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the game is me. actually it might be going on as we speak. So yeah. Is it like the second game today? I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's see. Or the first game, whichever it is. Like um, in the early session. Let's see. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah I'm a look. I'm a whole world world book, but I'm pretty sure it was like one of the first two games today. But yeah, I was so thinking about that so today. I'm like, I wouldn't mind playing Missouri anymore. Yeah, it's 44 to 43. Missouri is up. 832 left in the third quarter. So close okay, game. So they're in the second close, half. Close okay. Game. <laughs> no, yeah, that what you don't know what seed this was. Is that, is that like eight nine something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it's eight nine. I think. Yeah, I think it's eight nine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's eight nine. You're right. Yeah. So not that I care. I'm about watching anyway. If I'm able to, I'll probably at work. But South Carolina's gonna be what the men will probably be what the eleven or the wait the twelve or thirteen something like that probably somewhere in that range. Yes. Yeah. Eleven through fourteen, somewhere in that range. I mean, yeah. LSU. Hughes gonna be the we know we know one and fourteen we know that Alabama and LSU we know that <laughs> yeah South Carolina I think will be either twelve or thirteen I think it's pretty much guaranteed at this point okay gotcha gotcha and then that would play we would play if you're the twelve or the thirteen you're gonna play Ole Miss more than likely I think so yeah probably yeah <laughs> yippee <laughs> oh dude like you said that's mostly coming to win we got two games left because I'm counting one game of the SEC tournament. One of the regular season, you've got one SEC tournament game coming. It's just hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. Honestly. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we can make a run. You never know. It's crazy. Craziness <laughs> happens. Who knows? Eh, eh, yeah. I get it. I get craziness, but it's like, I just hard to give the team the benefit. I know it's the first year of a new coach, but it's like, we knew it was going to be rough. You know, yeah. We knew it. Yeah. No, Not it, this it's, rough, but. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a. Uh, it's been a rough one for sure. It's been a hell of a season. Hell yeah, season. definitely. All right, dude. Uh, yeah, all right, dude. Thanks for taking the call, and I'll talk to you some other time. Yeah, John Ebert, you're the man. I appreciate you. Great stuff. See you, Chris. Yeah, See you, bro. See you. Take care. Great stuff from John Ebert, guys. We're about to jump into a break. One thing I wanted to mention, though, before we did, you know, when you take a look at this series, and it's interesting, the 
the Clem sucks connection that the Gamecocks inevitably have right now, I thought it would be a much bigger storyline, right? Over the summer last year when you hired Monty Lee after he was fired by that team in the upstate, you brought in guys in their roster, Dylan Brewer, Ricky Williams, Jonathan French, you know, in regards to the guys, um, you know, Brewer, French, and Williams that I mentioned, I don't really know how much any of those guys are going to play. I mean, of course, unfortunately, Ricky Williams is out for the year with an injury. Dylan Brewer is just fighting for at-bats at this point. And Jonathan French, I think maybe you could see him in some pinch-hit spots. But Cole Messina is going to start all three games behind the dish, and you're going to have Lee Croy probably at third. So I'm not sure really any of those three guys are going to make an impact, although we all know, guys, baseball is a crazy game, and sometimes it just has this poetic way of – putting certain guys in certain situations and creating its own its own drama and its own moments, if you will. But Monty Lee, that's the one that – that's the dynamic I think is most interesting going in the weekend because, you know, give Coach Lee credit. Yesterday I thought he was very professional, you know, approaching the media, talking with them about the weekend. Hey, it's just, you know, business as usual, what have you. But you know this one's a big one for Monty Lee, man. It's a big one. Right, And he's been on both sides of the rivalry. The difference is this. When he left South Carolina, he left South Carolina. And he left on good terms to be, go be a head coach, pursue that at College of Charleston. His tenure up there in the upstate with the Tigers ended because they fired him. So I think you would be naive to think that Monty Lee does not want to stick it to Clem Sucks in all three games. Going to be a hell of a dynamic, and not that this rivalry needs any more juice on the diamond, but certainly it provides some extra in this one. Guys, again, I appreciate you all tuning in. Let's go ahead and jump into a break. On the other side, we got my good friend J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks. He will join us. All that and more, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. I see Austin Greer commenting. I want to get this in before we get JC on. Michael Braswell is going to transfer. He deserves to be playing. Austin, my question to you is this. Over who? He's not. Raylan Wimmer gets moved to shortstop. Will McGillis arrives, takes over at second base. And at the third base spot, man, where it's been an open competition, you know, unfortunately, I just do not think he was consistent enough swinging the bat. So, you know, you hate to see it because Braswell was such a was such a big part of our team last year, was such a spark plug for sure. But, I mean, you got to trust the decision-making. And I, and I think, listen, I mean, who are you going to take out of the lineup? Lee Croy, Messina? Like, which guy are you removing? That would be my question. That being said, again, he joins us every single Thursday – and I'm really excited to chat with him once again. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. First things first, J.C., appreciate you guys having me on the show this morning. It's always a pleasure chatting with you on Inside the Gamecocks, but really excited to uh, conversate today and appreciate you taking time. What's going on? Hey, it's a, no problem. Good to be here today. Uh, lots of rivalry talk today. I think uh, it dominated the conversation today on Inside the Gamecocks and, uh, you know, it's it's good to kind of be heading into the baseball series with, um, you know, wins in football and men's basketball already. So it, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I kind of feel the Gamecocks are, are talking a little bit, a little bit confident yeah. heading into it because it's not, uh, 
like some years where it's like, oh, baseball, please save us, you know. So it's uh, it's uh, going to be an exciting weekend, I think. Uh, hope the weather holds up tomorrow night. I know that uh, based on reports that, that I've read between now and the time I got off the show, that uh, it's uh, going to be something where they may call it early if it, if it just doesn't look promising. Um, but, uh, you know, they will get two games in this weekend and uh, looking forward to watching all three of them and seeing how the Gamecocks do with really, you know, I, I think will be their toughest uh, challenge of the season. Yeah, JC, you make a great point in regards to like storylines and there's just so many of them and, and the rivalry on the diamond for sure doesn't need any extra juice. But uh, yeah, Gamecocks are the opportunity to kind of, you know, sweep, I would say the the major sports, if you will, football, baseball, men's basketball of course women's basketball also got the dub and there's a lot of other smaller sports that have done it but uh yeah i mean what what a what a big uh what what a great opportunity if you will to kind of you know put the exclamation point on the whole our state argument you know which i'm actually ironically enough rocking right here on my pocket so um let's first start jc with football though because shane beamer speaking to the media this morning ahead of spring practice he has confirmed that spring ball will get going tuesday March the 14th will be the first official practice. And we all know, obviously, at this point, April the 15th, another night spring game against Bryce, which I think a fantastic idea. And we can get into more in just a second. Um, you know, I'll first start, you know, Trey Knox with a comment this morning about the offense. And, I, and I'm going to pull up the quote. I know I mentioned to you guys earlier this morning. We're going to go really fast, try to tire out the defenses. And, you know, because the question right now is just like, what is the offense going to look like? And I, I'll ask you, I know it's really hard to determine right now because we're so far out. I, I know, you know, it's funny, JC. I feel like there's comments that are made. I'm not saying Trey Knox is doing this, but it feels like there's comments that are made during talking season and during the preseason. It's like they're almost recycled comments. Like I feel like every year I've heard a South Carolina football player say, we're going to go fast on offense. Like I go all the way back to Jake Bentley when people thought we were going to be the next Oregon, you know what I mean? Like with, with the, the way he made it sound, but what do you think this offense is going to look like? Like, if you had to guess right now, you know, Beamer said I thought was interesting this morning, they're going to pull some things they did from last year that I'm sure they liked. I'm sure looking at the last two games of the season. Dowell's going to have his impact and things he brings in. So, like, how much would you really actually expect the offense to change? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same but much better play calling and much more efficiency and utilizing of the playmakers? Like, what do you expect an offense I think to all of us that are just observing it, it's going to be – you're not going to be able to tell a lot of difference between what Marcus Satterfield was running uh, the last couple of games of the season and, uh, you know, what, what they ran the bowl and what Dowell Loggins is going to run. I think you may see a few more exotic formations more frequently. Uh, but if you, if you think about it, you know, the issues with the offense under Marcus Satterfield, it, it was never really – it was never really like the plays and the designs and the, um, the structure of, you know, you know, run this against cover two, run this against cover three, that type of thing. It was more how it was taught, implemented, called, uh, the personnel groupings were way, way, way more, uh, you know, overboard than, than you'd want. Um, and you saw what happened with this offense when they simplified it and, you know, and they did. Uh, you know, the last two games, people ask me, what was the difference? Well, it got simplified, you know, pretty dramatically. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler's on the record as saying they had 20 different personnel packages they carried into the Florida game. Uh, not that many uh, against um, Tennessee. Now, 
some people confuse personnel packages with uh, formations, and there's all different formations everybody uses every week. Personnel packages are run all these people off, run all these people on. It's dramatically different, that kind of thing. You run different uh, things out of it. So, so I think all that's going away. I, I think Dowell Loggins um, spending those years with Kendall Brow, spending the year with Mike Yurchich at Penn State, there's going to be some kind of tempo air raid stuff in it, but it's not an air raid offense. Uh, and, and if you think about it, the, the Kansas City Chiefs run a lot of air raid concepts, quote unquote, anyway. Um, and so I, I think you're going to see them operate at a quicker tempo. Is it going to be one of those offenses that you look out and go, man, I want to throw up just watching it operate, you know, kind of like Tennessee last year. Uh, I don't I don't really see that happening all the time, and I'll tell you why. Shane Beamer, uh, philosophically, and the head coach, you know, sets the philosophy for the entire program. He, he believes, kind of like Steve Spurrier did, you have to uh, – and Will Muschamp, too, for that matter. You have to operate – you have to have different tempos that you can operate from because what if you have a day where, you know, you're misfiring, your quarterback's not accurate, uh, you're making mistakes, you're kind of stumbling and bumbling out there – uh, and you're not able to run the ball, and you keep going three and out, three and out, and 20 seconds comes off the clock, your defense is going to be gassed by the end of the first quarter. And and one thing Shane Beamer does preach is complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams, all of that. Uh, so so I don't anticipate South Carolina going out there and it looking like Tennessee does, you know, where boom, 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 boom. Now, are, are they going to kind of look like the Gamecocks did, <laughs> you know, the last three games of the year? Yeah, that was an offense that operated at a – a quick tempo. Um, and, and, you know, Hey, but, but you want to see the downside of it. If you get too one dimensional in the throw game, uh, look at what Notre Dame did in the second half in the bowl game. You know, the game defense was absolutely worn out by the end. Um, you know, but I, I, I think Trey, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I think Trey is right in the standpoint that, you know, South Carolina is going to be able to line up and, and, and go fast. Uh, and I think that from where we'll see, it'll look a lot faster because it'll make a whole lot more sense. It won't operate at a glacial pace. I mean, just the fact they're not going to have, you know, 12 word play calls uh, is going to be a relief. I think for Spencer Rattler and everybody else, Rattler even said that he's like, I don't think we're going to have that, that type of uh, word verbiage uh, this year, but you know, you'll see some pro style elements. You'll, you'll see multiple tight ends. You'll see, you know, them spread it out. You'll see some under center. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, from just the the general things we look at when we're watching a football game, you know, the, the, you're going to be able to tell a huge difference. But I, I do think operationally the quote-unquote guts of an offense are, are going to be a lot different. And I think th- this will be a lot more player-friendly system uh, th- than last year's was uh, the first 10 games of the year. So not a lot of check with me is what you're what you're saying. Not, or can we throw out the phrase "check with me"? Is that? <laughs> I'm not saying he'll never look at the sideline. I mean, remember Spurrier? I mean, even Spurrier did that. You know, he was like, "Well, shoot!" You know, of course that was that was Spurrier's whole thing is that he would sit there and read the defense. And it, sometimes when he's in Carolina, it took him a little while. You know, so he's like, "Look over, look over." You know, but uh, nobody cared when the you know when, when it was a completed pass. The guy was wide open. Everybody cared when he got back to back, had to call back to back timeouts or whatever that Steve had to do when he was here. But uh, I'm not saying he'll never look over to the sideline, but I don't think 
you know, what happened last year was because they were subbing and because they were given the D de- you're almost like, why would you do that now? Cause you're already given the defense, like all sorts of time to get set. And in college football these days, you can't do that. I mean, it's almost a relief to some of these defensive coaches when you're trying to play it like, like the NFL and, and you're, you're letting them sub and letting them figure out what you're going to do uh, and all that happiness. I mean, you know, I, I think with a quarterback like Spencer Rattler too, you know, getting him in rhythm is so paramount. It's hard to get in rhythm. It's easier to get in rhythm when you're going fast or even at a medium tempo than when you're just, you know, taking so long between plays yeah i just recall last year being in the stadium for the missouri game and like you get up in the line of scrimmage and they look over and you're just like oh uh, audible groans <laughs> 10 more yeah it's literally 10 more seconds 15 more seconds to listen to um yeah moving off of that jc i mean i i do just obviously want to highlight because i think one of the biggest things from the presser was uh shane beamer updating the three players that are still suspended he said quote Still not a part of our team, still suspended. That's a university issue as well. None of the three are currently with us and don't anticipate any of them being back with us at any point in the near future. JC, obviously not really going to ask you to speculate on their futures, but you know, I, I said at the top of the show, I, I'm not sure that I'd advise Gamecock fans to hold their breath in regards to seeing those guys suit up anytime soon. Yeah, it is something that it'll, it'll probably go beyond – the athletics department, uh, you know, it's, it's a university issue. I, I would say, as I said in the show, the show earlier, it looks ominous, but, uh, sometimes you look up in the sky and, you know, you're trying to finish grilling your steak or playing your round of golf and the sky looks ominous and it doesn't rain. So, uh, sometimes things work out. Uh, I know that, uh, I know that knowing what I know about the situation is just unfortunate. I, I don't, I, I do think it's an honest mistake, but I also think it's a mistake that, you know, you just don't make. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I know two of the three have a chance to be really special football players um, and maybe the third too, because, you know, he's young, but uh, I, uh, I think it'd be a shame, you know, if, if for some reason they, they, they couldn't make it, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I sat here and said, you know, it looks great. At the very least, it's going to take a, 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 a bit of time for this situation to resolve itself one way or the other. And, you know, I, I think it's smart of Beamer to kind of just say, hey, look, we, they're not with us. We, we don't expect them back anytime soon because um, you, 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 just in case they aren't or if they aren't like, like we think. Uh, you want to just move forward and, and you want to concentrate on, you know, them not being here as opposed to saying, oh, well, if they don't come back, man, we're going to be, you know, we won't have any answers at their spot or whatever. JC, night game, spring game for the Gamecocks yet again, and it was a massive success last year. But it, it, it brings up something I want to speak with you on because I, I'm not sure. And maybe there are some others that have made, you know, made this analogy, if you will, or, or, or discuss this. But you know, you think about the the landscape of, you know, I just think of it from the entrepreneurial side and starting a business and you're only as good as you are, as you, like as you are a marketer. Like it's all about marketing in 2023, right? You have to be able to market your product, whatever it is. You can be the best at what you do, but if you can't market it, and this goes beyond content, beyond football, this is literally any walk of life, right? Like you're only as good in a lot of walks of life as, as you are a marketer. I, I feel like what this speaks to is, again, you look at night game, spring game, whatever. I just feel like I look at this and I'm like, it speaks to yet again that Shane Beamer 
is a master marketer of his football program. Like when people ask, and I feel like it can answer the question, I get so often, how is Shane Beamer doing this on the recruiting trail? How's he going to here? How's he going to there? How's he pulling in this guy? How's he beating out Nike? And there's different reasons, but Shane Beamer, I think at this point, it's safe to say he is a master marketer when it comes to his football program in regards to the way he can utilize social media, in regards to ways he can put South Carolina football in positions to be featured in a national spotlight or be featured in the spotlight at all. Your just overall thoughts on that, because again, I, I feel like in a day and age, especially with social media and the tool that it is, you know, you're only really as good as your marketing. Because again, you can be the best at what you do, but if nobody sees it, hears about it, what have you, it means nothing. So just overall, your thoughts on that. And again, the, the, the thoughts of Shane Beamer as I guess a marketer of his football program. And I, I feel like, again, the spring game being at night, while it may sound like a simple decision, I just feel like it's kind of the latest example of that. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you know, it, it makes all the sense of the world uh, to have the spring game at night at South Carolina. I mean, you know, the Gamecocks under Beamer have kind of carved out a niche of being very good at home at night. Um, but but to your point, yeah, I, I think he gets it. I think he understands that you have to spend the time doing it. Um, and, and, and what there's a lot of coaches that, that have, you know, uh, that, that are really good at marketing their program. I think what sets him apart and probably makes him among the best in the country and certainly one of the best marketers we've had at South Carolina is there's a sense of belief that, that's genuine. And, and I, I kind of compare it to – and I'm not saying he's acting, but, but if you look at the, the profession of acting, like who are your best actors – the, and there's not one that's worth a nickel that doesn't have this overwhelming sense of belief uh, in terms of the character they're playing. You know, people, uh, you go back to the 1940s and Marlon Brando sort of changed acting, right? Uh, and it was because he was just so real. And there was just this overwhelming natural sense of belief that he communicated through, you know, his craft. And, and I think that Beamer does communicate that through, you know, his craft, whether it's coaching, the CEO of the program, the master marketer of the program, whatever, uh, everything funnels back to that sense of belief. And I, I think that, you know, you've had coaches that have come in here that have won big elsewhere whose legacies were cemented, uh, who believe they could win here, sure, but hey, if they didn't, not not a big deal. You know, Steve Spurrier believed every time he go, goes up, went on the field, he's going to win. Um, so did Lou Holtz. Uh, Will Muschamp. Uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously had a lot of confidence, but, you know, Will had never been in a place like this. His entire career, I think the the, the least blue-bloodish place he had been was Auburn <laughs> before he got to South Carolina. Mm. And, and so as, as time went on, you, you just kind of looked around. It's like, man, I'm used to coaching four- and five-star guys, and, you know, I'm, I'm having to kind of do something that's different. And so it's hard to convey – a, a natural, believable sense of belief. You know, Shane Beamer, this is, it's his dream job. And, and he means that when he says it. And he means it when he says, there's no reason why South Carolina can't win. There's everything here to win. And, and so that combined with his shrewdness, uh, I guess shrewdness, I guess, uh, you know, uh, understanding that time needs to be spent on it, that resources needed to be devoted to it on the marketing end, uh, I think that creates uh, quite an elite marketer. Um, you know, you look up the road with Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. How did they build that thing? Dabo had an overwhelming sense of belief, you know, 
uh, Carolina fans laughed at him. He, he kept believing and smiling, and guess what happened? Finally, that thing got to the top. And, uh, yeah, I think you know, Shane's obviously a different person than Dabo Sweeney, but um, I think there's that, that sense of belief there. And I, I think that's, you know, what the South Carolina football program uh, needed at the time he came in because, you know, you look at it, I, th- I think there was enough players here to win. You know, and he's got enough out of the portal and elsewhere to to, to win. There's enough talent there. Um, unlike when maybe Muschamp or Holtz took over, Spurrier took over, where you know you're gonna have to recruit a while before, you know, before you have enough to to, to compete. You know, he, he had that, but I, I think what was missing was that sense of belief, was that you know changing of the narrative, um, and, and was that uh, you know I'm not gonna come off of this at all costs, no matter what happens, come hell or high water. And and that resonates with people these days in an era where, you know, fakeness, uh, if you're fake, you get exposed pretty quick these days. And, and, uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's what's added up to this marketing machine <laughs> that, that we see right now. I think you phrased that beautifully, JC. And I think that can apply to, all walks of life, yeah. not just being a football coach, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, moving, off, moving off, JC, the football field on the diamond. Gamecocks and Tigers, need I say more? Uh, I'll start with this. Your favorite memories from the rival, the rivalry, I should say, on the diamond. I know we talked about it a little bit this morning. You mentioned 2002. But when you think of South Carolina and Clem sucks, as I say on this show, but South Carolina, Clem sucks. When you think of that rivalry, what first comes to mind on the uh, on the baseball field specifically? Man, I, I'll tell you, I, I did tell a story about um, early in my career. So I just got out of college, and I, I took a job at the Seneca Daily Journal. Uh, gosh, glad I got out of that place. You know, or really most of the newspapers I worked at. But, uh, you know, so I'd drive over from Greenville and then work, and it didn't pay much money. But it was a first job, right? Lots of good experience and a lot of clumps of people there. And, you know, they – they already had because Khalil Green was on that 2002 team. They were number one almost start to finish. And, you know, the Gamecocks had kind of rallied back um, after losing their first game to Georgia Tech and eliminated Tech and I think Miami. And here we go. You got to beat Clemson twice. And, you know, I, USA Today had written an article, so, you know, almost saying Clemson was going to win. You know, Khalil Green, Clemson closing in on title. All of a sudden, the Gamecocks beat them twelve to four, and then ten to two. And during the ten two game, I was I was going into work and had to listen. I was actually listening to the Clemson broadcast because I got in the car when it was five to one, and it didn't look like Clemson was going to do much that day. And so I guess I was a little sadistic and, and wanted to listen to the Clemson broadcast. But I, I think you know, within that time, uh, I think that uh, the. Uh, you know, the, the home run Trey Dyson hit in the 12 to four game that really, I think took it to seven, four or maybe 10 or something like that. Then you sort of knew like Carolina's going to win this one. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, the next day obviously was that, but I, I think that, you know, when I really think about this rivalry, I, it, you know, I have to go with 2010 uh, and Michael Roth and, and just, in that matchup, Clemson was sort of a Cinderella getting that far, winning the first two games. Um, you know, Carolina, again, had lost their first game in Omaha and rallied back through. I just, uh, you know, I, I think of those games and just the the confidence, you know, 
Carolina didn't go in there nervous. Let's just say that. And, and the way Roth, you know, I, I think of Michael Roth. Michael Roth a kid from, was a kid from Riverside High School in the upstate. Uh, Scott Wingo was on that team. Obviously, his dad was, um, you know, a, a yeah. stud at Clemson. He's in the I, Clemson Hall of Fame. Clemson <laughs> Hall of Fame, you know. Yeah. Bill, Bill and and it, at that point in, in 2010, you just, you know, you just sort of started feeling the rivalry you know, separate a little bit. And of course, the Gamecocks eliminated them in 2012, too, in the regionals uh, in Columbia to go to Omaha for the third straight year. Uh, so I think of Roth and Wingo and, and that group just out in Omaha, you know, knowing, you know, baseball, the baseball gods, the law of averages, whatever. Uh, you'd think the mindset going in would have been uh, eight years ago. You know, <laughs> well, we had to beat them twice, and, and we did. We kind of upset them, and, boy, they're going to get revenge this time because we lost that game to Oklahoma or whatever. And and in watching all 18 innings, Chris, I don't think I ever felt that way. I felt like and, – and they were close games. I mean, one of them at least was. So I think at that point, that's what I think about was, is from Carolina's standpoint, you know, Clemson leads the overall series by like a million or whatever – because I don't, South Carolina was not very good at baseball at all until like the 70s, early 70s. But I, I think at that point after that, then of course the 2012 sweep was icing on the cake. You know, I, I think I came to realize South Carolina and this rivalry has nothing to prove and will never have anything to prove for, I don't care, Clemson wins 40 in a row because of those six games. Because when it mattered, guess who won? Guess who's won every game and guess who hasn't? It hadn't been, oh, they've won one. Yeah, guess who's won and won them pretty convincingly. So uh, I think when I think of the rivalry now, that's what I think my whole thing is. South Carolina doesn't have anything to prove against these guys, uh, yet it is important. Um, I think Carolina baseball is judged, you know, number one, what happens in the postseason? How far do you go? Number two, what happens in the SEC? And then number three, by this series. So it's, it's very, very, very important. But uh, no matter what the overall record is and, you know, how, how many times w- when they were a military school, they beat South Carolina on the diamond, um, you know, the Gamecocks have nothing to prove. And it was that moment in 2010 that, that I think over those 18 innings, you know, just my personal opinion and knowing, you know, those guys from the upstate were on South Carolina's team making things happen. Just knowing that, that's when things changed for me. So that, that's kind of what I think about. I know it's a long answer. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great answer. And, I mean, to your point, I feel the same way, but to your point, it's a series that it's, it's massively important, obviously, but it does not define how your season's going to go because, I mean, you might recall in 2010, Gamecocks lose two of three to the Tigers in the regular season, get blasted at home on Sunday. It was like mm. 19 to – I've got this thing over here. I think it was 19 to six, I believe was the final. 19 six. Yeah. And at, at Founders Park, that was the worst loss in that ballpark at that point. And, and you come back later that year, obviously to, to win the, win the national championship and beat them in Omaha to do it. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's a great series. It's a great early season test, but it doesn't necessarily, I mean, look at, look at, look at Clem sucks last year, swept the series, started 14 and 0. We're not a very good ball club. So you just never know in baseball because it's such a long season, but looking at this weekend, JC, there's no question this is a big weekend. And especially when you factor in some, some different things that, uh, that surround this rivalry series this weekend. I mean, first you look at Mark Kingston. Just the pressures are coming in this season. Uh, you get swept by them last year. 
You add Monty Lee to your staff, who was fired by them last year. You had three players from their roster. You then just look at the current landscape. You're 9-0, one nine in a row. They've lost four in a row, sitting at 4-4, four and four, just lost to USC Upstate on Tuesday. So I say all that to say, I mean, pressure's a positive. Pressure's a privilege. It's a good thing. There is pressure, though, I think, JC, on South Carolina to get the job done because, you know, for the most part, Sucks fans have checked out. They've admitted they'd be lucky to win one game. I see Gamecock fans over social media. Heck, I'm getting hell for not picking a sweep. I think there's a lot of pressure, and I think the Gamecocks will embrace that the right way. they got a veteran group of guys, and, you know, I, I think they'll just go out there and play ball, right? But there's a lot of pressure on South Carolina to have a big weekend, especially, again, when you factor in the fact that the Tigers swept the series last year. Yeah, and a lot of those guys uh, were that got swept last year heard about it all off season and and, and all that and you know it, it, it's it's one of those things Clemson is struggling and and UCF swept them and they did lose to Upstate but you're almost like well hmm. <laughs> you'd almost rather them have had some success because. Uh, and I don't know that their roster is going to be as good as it will be. I do think Eric Package is a good coach. He, he's throughout his career. I mean, he took Michigan to the final uh, series of, of the College World Series in Omaha. I mean, you, you don't mm-hmm. at a Big Ten school that's unheard of. The guy can coach. Um, you know, so you don't you don't count his teams out at all. Uh, and, and I think that to a certain extent these days uh, in, in college athletics, with kind of the the, the kids these days, right? I don't mean to sound like an old guy. Oh, the kids these days, but uh, <laughs> that can that can lull you to sleep a little bit. You know, you got to get their focus. You got to get them, uh, got to get them dialed in. If you're the Gamecocks, and you, you know Clemson's going to do that, I, I don't, I don't think that the the UCF and USC upstate losses are going to define Clemson's baseball season. I'm not saying they're a regional team. I'm just saying they will play a lot better. And so, if you're the Gamecocks. You know, even though you, you come in nine and zero, you showed some resiliency last week. You've won just about every way you can, uh, from twenty to three to one nothing, uh, the first nine games. Which I think is a good sign in the sport of yeah. baseball. Uh, yeah, you still want to you'll make sure you're locked in because because this and not for how you can take your rival lightly, but uh, it, it's happened. You know, don't take them lightly, and you know that would be what kind of concerns me. But you know, as far as you know, the pitching matchups go, you know, obviously South Carolina's got a huge advantage on the mound, um, you know, and then, you know, they got to hit the baseball, you know, Clemson's going to have to have to win this series, uh, you know, some heroic performances uh, from their arms uh, th- this weekend and uh, have to find a way to manufacture runs against a very good pitching staff. So, you know, th- all those intangibles, taking them lightly, all that good stuff, yeah, if you're a Gamecock fan, you're a little nervous. But when it comes down to to player player v player, you know where's the advantage Clemson has? They just you know through nine games, you wouldn't say that. So so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think JC you hit the nail on the head. You know when you look on the field, I, I think the Gamecocks. If you go down that, you know we do it in football all the time. But if you went position group by position group or aspects of the game in baseball, and you checked off the boxes, I I, I don't know which one you would check for Clem sucks if any of them I think the Gamecocks have the advantage across the board and so you know I think if you go out and play your game you'll take care of business the the Monty Lee side of things um just how interesting is that a, a dynamic do you think I because I, I think of it as like it would never happen in any other sport like can you even fathom Dabo Sweeney on South kind of staff like 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 you know what I'm saying it would never happen it would never happen so the fact that but, it happens in baseball it's just so interesting do you you think it would happen it did it's a realistic it thing 
It did happen once. And uh, Brad was, Scott. Who was it with? Was, Brad Scott. Yeah, 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 you are right. And, and, are right. and that, because he went from from Carolina uh, and then was part of Tommy Bowden's first staff, and they carried him off the, the field in Columbia in 99 when they how went 0 11. How could I forget? How could that, that Because in football, you have 11, you have what? You have nine, back then, they had nine assistants. I mean, you know, baseball, you got three guys hanging in the dugout, and. Right. You know, Brad wasn't Tommy's offensive coordinator or anything. That was Rich Rodriguez. I think he was the O-line coach or maybe the tight ends coach, you know, just was on the staff, just was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I mean, obviously, like Will Muschamp was the, on, on Georgia's staff, sort of, uh, and all that. But uh, Brad Scott, you know, that that was a big that – was, that, was, that was the biggest example of it. But, but he wasn't Rich Rodriguez or Reggie Herring who was – their coordinators. I mean, he, he really didn't have, you know, a big, you know, factor in the game. Monty Lee is the hitting hitting coach and has clearly, clearly changed South Carolina's approach at the plate through nine games. Uh, and then, um, you know, you look at also the fact there's, there's three guys and I know Ricky Williams is out for the year, but you, you've got Brewer and you, you got French sitting over there that were on that roster last year. You know, and and that's that's a little unprecedented as well. So you you got four guys on the on the roster or coaching staff that were part of Clemson that, that were part of the sweep on the other side last year, and that to me uh, is is very unprecedented. And I and I think yeah. too, you know, the other thing with Monty, what, what makes it different than Brad Scott? Yeah, you know, Brad Scott came from FSU. You know, he had a whole long history with the Bowden family. It, it wasn't a huge shock. Tommy hired him. You know, it wasn't a huge shock that Tommy hired him. Monty Lee was sort of a Dan Radakovich hire because, you know, Radakovich used to be at Carolina uh, and, and knew Ray Tanner and it was part of that. And so that's kind of how Mon- Monty was sort of a fish out of water up there to begin with. So, so it's almost like a Carolina to Clemson and back <laughs> kind of situation, uh, which is very, very interesting. And so I, I think that um, – I, I think that's very fascinating. I, I'm glad that um, Monty spoke with the media today and they gave him the opportunity to do so because, you know, it's best to kind of sit there and talk about things and, and, and downplay it. And I'll be curious to see if they do get the game in at Doug Kingsmore, you know, what kind of reception he gets uh, when he returns up there to his uh, face his former team. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting for sure. And again, a rivalry that needs no – no extra juice added certainly, certainly gets it with the Monty Lee and, and the Brewer French and, and Williams dynamic for sure. JC, last thing before I get you out of here, uh, SEC women's basketball tournament taking place right now. Gamecocks get underway tomorrow noon tip. It looks like as I'm actively checking the score, Arkansas is up by nine with a minute and a half left. So it looks like unless Mizzou makes a big comeback, uh, the Gamecocks will take on the Hogs. I'm not sure how much it really matters. I think you and I are both expecting Dawn Staley's team to get the job done, to stay perfect, to be playing on Sunday and be hoisting that trophy in the SEC championship. Your thoughts on that? And also just one simple question. South Carolina has not won an SEC home basketball game in regards to the men's. Do they get it done on Saturday against the Georgia Bulldogs, a team that they've owned – over the last couple of years, I know they lost to them early in the year, but they've owned them on the hardwood. Do they finally break through and get that home SEC win? 
guys should have had that one in Athens too. I mean, woo. Should have uh, had a buddy overtime, of mine. Had overtime. Yeah, overtime. with overtime. And uh, Zach Davis had a breakaway layup and lost the ball yeah, in, in Athens yes. to win it at yeah. the buzzer. Yeah, yeah my buddy, uh, yeah, and I don't know if this is indicative of how Georgia fans follow basketball or not, but uh, he, he, you know, Aaron uh, or Hayden Brown was playing a pretty good game in Athens and he was at the game with his son. He says, is that Michael Carrera still there? <laughs> I was like, no, because he, he thought Aiden Brown was Michael Carrera for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I'd, I'd like to see them win because I, 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 I think that, you know, hey, everybody wants to beat Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson in every single sport, right? But two, you don't want to go over at home winning you know, basketball games yeah. uh, in the league. And then if they lose and then go out in the first round of the, the SEC tournament and really actually even, even if they don't, if they won't avoid this, they will set a school record for losses. Uh, 21 is the record. Uh, if I'm not, if I'm not missing some team from back in the forties, you know, but I believe, 21 is the record uh, during the SEC era. It's been, it's happened twice. Eddie Fogler in 99 and then Darren Horn, his final year, both lost 21 games. So, you know, as mediocre as it's been in this sport, you, you, you haven't had very many like just atrocious seasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a great way to start uh, if you're in your first year uh, and, and all of that, having that, you know, well, what'd you do your first year? I set a record for losses. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think these guys have tried hard uh, in most games. I mean, the effort's been there in most games. I'm not going to say all because it hasn't been, and we know that. But uh, mm-hmm. I would hate for this group, you know, to kind of have that hanging around their neck. I, I would, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to see them maybe just tie that record than, than, than set yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. We'll see how it plays out. J.C. Sherbert inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. Again, check me out on his show every Thursday, 1130 until right before noon. And then we have J.C. on, of course, every Thursday, 115 until about the end of our show as well. J.C., I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. So looking forward to it. But I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Chris. Y'all be good. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from J.C. Sherbert. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break. On the other side, your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final couple minutes or so in The Daily Crow. Uh, Bruin Nation brings this up. How about this? Former Panthers owner. Former Panthers owner Jerry Richardson has passed away today. Mm, unreal. I mean, he was old. He was old, what, 80, 87, I think? So, lived a full life, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, Jerry Richardson passing away. I remember when I lived in Charlotte, I think he was still the owner. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. If anybody wants to try to sneak a uh, last-minute call in, I appreciate J.C. Sherbert 
taking the time to chat on the show. Really, really good stuff. Uh, let's see. It looks like Arkansas did indeed get the W. Yes, 85 to 74. The Gamecocks will take on the Arkansas Razorbacks at noon at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. So it is officially set. Gamecocks and Hogs will do battle at noon. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Anyways, guys, appreciate y'all. Um, let's see. Yes, weather does look more promising for sure. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting, though, back to what Austin Greer was saying earlier in the show. What does Michael Braswell do? I, I hope he stays. I mean, I think he's definitely your shortstop next year after uh, after Wimmer leaves. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Just kind of see what happens. So. Anyways. Couple minutes to go, guys. Be sure to check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Great combo, by the way, with Mike Rooney of D1Baseball.com. Mike Rooney of D1Baseball. Great conversations. We taught Yardcocks, SEC baseball, college baseball as a whole, Mark Kingston projections for this year's team, all that good stuff. So, again, highly suggest you guys check that out. And uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic show. Breaking down everything you need to know with the, the Clem Sucks series this weekend. Uh, also talk some men's basketball, women's basketball. Really, really exciting as we go into this weekend. A big, big weekend in Gamecocks athletics, obviously. So, guys, again, appreciate y'all. Uh, thank y'all so much for everything. Uh, like I said, we'll be live tomorrow. Hey, don't forget, tomorrow, 10 to 12, not 12 to 2, because Gamecocks wins basketball tips off at noon. So we're moving TDC up 10 to 12 instead of 12 to 2. But, of course, we've also got our live stream watch-alongs all weekend long for the baseball series, going to be a blast. So be stay tuned. Be sure to stay tuned for that. But 10 to 12, get your coffee and join us here on TDC as we'll take your questions, comments, calls. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.